Hey there, story fiends, and welcome back to the podcast that truly believes there are stories everywhere. Here's There's Stories Everywhere with Aledria Hurt. I am your hostess, Aledria Hurt, and it is my pleasure to bring you Chapter 2 of Holy Land. Chapter 2 Ultrina stared at Monjin with flat eyes. She had no desire to go to Renate to apply a trade which had been outlawed for longer than she'd been alive. Yet she saw the writing on the wall. It was what the king wanted, and thus she, a subject, would do it or die. When do we leave? Ultrina asked. I have to settle a few things here with the widow Anne and the stable master. You aren't going to be allowed to go alone, he said, lest you should try to run for it. I don't think you understand, Ultrina said. I'm choosing to go with you of my own will. I don't like it, but I'm going to follow you into the lion's den. You speak of Renate as though you have had dealings with those of it before. I have. Everyone has. Ultrina shrugged. I'm not so young as I might appear. Yet you are young enough to have escaped the culling. Yes. Altrina turned her back on him then, squaring her shoulders as she did. I'm going to settle my affairs. I will bring myself and my horse back to the courtyard here before nightfall and we can leave tonight. Monjin placed one hand on her shoulder. I don't trust you. The size of it encompassed her entire shoulder with the heel of his hand against her shoulder blades. The thought flashed through that if she moved fast enough, she could cut his hand off, but she let it pass. There was no need for violence in the current moment. She needed to get away so she could think, preferably without the threat of violence hanging over her head. Test my word, she said. It's all I truly have left. She had her word, her packs, her horse, and her blade. Her entire world could fit in saddlebags and make the trek anywhere she chose to go. Unfortunately, there wasn't anywhere she could go to escape the influence of Renate. Monjin released her and took one long step over to the door. He stuck his head out, and before he could utter a word... A small woman appeared in the doorway. Against the bulk of Manjin, Altrina thought the woman might be some spirit summoned through an object. She didn't seem real. Altrina stood still as the woman approached, her headdress flattening her hair into a cascade of fabric held in place by a woven brass diadem. Sister, Altrina addressed her. You are made welcome here by association, the woman said. I am Tal. I will be your companion. Altrina stiffened. She had not taken a lover in several years of her travels. Now to have a companion thrust upon her brought her hackles up. I refuse. You don't get to refuse, Monjin said. She will be your companion, travel with you, and keep you in line. Altrina's throat threatened to close as her heart sped up. A touch of black showed on the edge of her vision. Tal wore the brass headdress of a sister of Renate, 
one of those who had taken vows of chastity, but that meant little when in the service of the crown. The king could command the rescinding of those vows whenever he pleased. Such was the place of the king. Tall. Altrina bowed to the diminutive woman and then reached out both hands to take those offered to her. She kissed both of Tal's palms. My companion. Then she tried not to shudder as Tal did the same to her. They were bound together by will and whim. Monjin smiled down on them before stepping away from the door. With Tal in tow, Ultrina left the church. The itch to take her axe and end this relationship before it truly began plagued her, but Ultrina kept herself in check. Fire in her belly, she walked to the widow's house, where she found Anne sitting beside the fire pit with some embroidery in her hands. I've come to settle for my time, Ultrina said. Anne took one look at Tall, standing at Ultrina's elbow, and made a sign against wickedness across her breast. You owe me nothing, the widow Anne said. I will, however, have you take that person out of my home this instant. She'd left nothing behind, and with the knowledge she did not have any further to pay, she left the widow's house and headed for the stable masters. He was mucking stalls when she entered the stable, and Alba whinnied his greeting. The war horse was not prone to making much noise, but the occasion of her return sometimes brought him to trumpet. Tall kept to Altrina's shadow as the woman approached the man with the shovel. You're back? he said, his voice almost neighborly. I am. Altrina did not match his tone. I would like my horse. Have you the coin to get him back? I do. Then show it. Altrina pulled out her coin purse and showed him the coins within. Now, my horse, if you please. Alba kicked the stall door in impatience. The wood would not, did not sound sturdy enough to withstand much of his displeasure. The stable master moved to get Alba before he could kick a hole in the wood. Meanwhile, Altrina tried not to feel tall, crowded against her back. If she could keep the sister hidden for just a little while longer, long enough to get Alba and get out of the stable, then things would be fine. However, there was no telling what the man would do considering how the widow had reacted to seeing the sister in her domain. He's been a great horse, the stable master began. Altrina rolled her eyes behind closed lids. She needed to hear this as much as she needed a hole in her guts. But she would listen, just the same. It was polite. For the moment, if that would get her and Alba out of the stable doors, she would be polite. She could hardly help the way her right hand closed tighter around the hilt of her axe just the same, though. I mean, what do you want for him? I wouldn't sell him at any price, Altrina said. The horse seemed to harumph in response to the idea. Alba, her longtime companion, undoubtedly felt her mounting displeasure. Please, so we can be on our way. Tal kept in Altrina's shadow as the horse came toward them. However, it was not the stable master who saw her first. Alba snuffled at Altrina's hair and then seemed as if it might sniff Tal, who ducked down further to get away from his nose and teeth. It was then the stable master noticed the small woman. 
He also made a sign against evil and released Alba as he stepped back hurriedly. What's this you bring with you? He asked the question as if he didn't already know. The sisters were well known, and perhaps more than well feared. Ultrina took a deep breath. Something I will take with me when I go, she said. Her hand slid along the well-worn handle of her axe, bringing it into position should she need to defend or attack. Either could be possible. Alba's tack was nearby, and she had hoped to buy some grain to supplement the grass, but considering the way things had changed, that was no longer an option. The man positively quivered in his boots as he stared at them. You may go, Altrina said. I'll prepare Alba myself. He could not hide the look of relief which crossed his face. He made the sign against evil again, and even spit in their shadows. The urge to separate its head from his shoulders died, but only because Eltrina fought hard to make it so. Tall, who had hardly moved and hadn't spoken through the whole exchange, murmured to Eltrina, We should hurry back to the church. They returned to the church with Alba walking behind, his reins dangling untouched. Altrina did not need to lead him. He would go where she went. Monjin awaited them in the courtyard. Tal stopped before him and bowed. Altrina did not follow suit. Prepare to retire, he said. You will stay here tonight, and we will leave with the morning sun at our backs. Altrina would have preferred to leave immediately, but it wasn't her choice. Instead, she moved to the edge of the courtyard, where the horses were kept, and prepared Alba to rest there. The horse stamped his feet and shook his head at the smell of the other horses, which should have brought him peace. Altrina put a hand up to soothe him. It will be all right. Tall came over and stood on the other side of Alba's head, seeming so small against the mass of the animal. Altrina glowered at the woman. You need to rest. I have rested for a day or more. I would rather be riding, Altrina said. It is a long way to Renate. I have come a long way to get away from Renate. To go back is a death sentence. Yet Monjin asks it of you, and you do it? I was not asked. I was told. And my life is forfeit one way or the other. Tal recoiled at Altrina's tone, her throat working as she swallowed whatever she meant to say next. Sister, Altrina said, I have no desire to talk to you or anyone else, for that matter. Tall sighed and closed her eyes. They were beautiful eyes, and she would be denying her own sight if she said Tall wasn't well-proportioned, but Ultrina had little interest in sharing a bed with someone, least of all someone she didn't choose. Come to bed. Tall's voice, melodious and low, offered some solace. Solace, Ultrina had no desire to accept. You need rest for the journey. It will be a long, hard trek across the mountains. The mountains. The world spine offered no pity to those who traveled among their crags to reach the protection of the city of Renate. Altrina spit to one side, and Alba looked at her, concern in his inky eyes. She stroked Alba's nose and then put her axe in its holster on the saddle. She would leave him tacked for the night. He wouldn't care. He'd slept many a night in his gear just as she had slept in hers. Settling down beside her horse, she made as if to make a bed amongst the sparse hay. Will you stay here? 
when there is a bed on offer? Tall asked. I will stay here, because the offered bed is not mine. Tall bowed, her headdress falling from her shoulders, and then took off into the church. Altrina might not have wanted to make her bed on stone, but she would prefer stone alone to a plush bed with someone she did not choose. Morning found her sitting in meditation position, her thoughts pulling in a dozen directions. She could have easily made a run for it in the night, but then she would have been branded a criminal, certainly, and she would have had an even harder time moving through the world. All humanity would be barred to her. For all her standoffish ways, Altrina preferred some company, when there was some to be had, without giving away too much. Dawn's first tendrils climbed stealthily across the world, giving it a touch of light. Altrina stood up and stretched. So others would rise, and she would be off to this new, could she call it an adventure, when it would quite likely end in her death? If what Monjin said was true, and the princess was dead, there could be only one thing the king wanted, something Altrina was reluctant to even attempt. Again. Monjin and Tal, a mismatched-sized pair, came out of the church together, outfitted for distance travel. Renate was at the top of the world spine, seemingly looking down on all others, and one had to trek across the mountains of the spine to reach it. Days of traveling along chasms and in valleys, lots of places where one could be swept off the side of a mountain and killed by the fall. That was assuming the beasts of the spine didn't kill them. Are you ready? Monjin's question was meant for her, and Altrina grunted in response. Beside her, Alba stamped his hoof. The horse did not care for the arrangement any more than she did. Tal approached and bowed to Altrina. Alba looked at Tal with flat, unhappy eyes as she attempted to mount. Alba stepped away as she did, dumping her in the dirt of the courtyard. He won't let you, Altrina said. He's my horse. I have to ride with you, Tal said. I ride with no one. Munjin watched the pair without voicing his thoughts. However, his face said he found this both amusing and exasperating. With one large hand, he took a hold of Alba's bridle. To the horse's credit, Alba didn't rear up and put a hoof through Monjin's face. With the other hand, Monjin scooped Tal up and deposited her, her in the saddle. Ultrina sighed. We don't have time for games and antics, Monjin said. Now mount up. Altrina did as she was told a moment later. The two women rode together to the gate of the courtyard in silence. The horse Monjin rode was Alba's size, and the giant seemed to make the thing appear a pony. We'll meet the rest of the guard at our encampment outside of town, he said before leading the way out of the church courtyard. Come, we have a long way to go before we sleep. The encampment outside the town was a small one, undoubtedly a search party of some kind. Altrina did not think they were looking for her, specifically, but the fact that they were so far from Renate in such a small number was interesting. Normally, where the guard went, they went in force, to bring about the king's will. Altrina had never seen a group which numbered less than a hundred. Now there seemed to be fewer than ten. Those at the camp had already doused the cook fires from breakfast when they rode up. Monjin did not dismount. 
and gestured for Altrina and Tal to remain seated as well. Mount up, he called. Everyone with an earshot turned to look and then scrambled for their horses. What wasn't already packed would be left behind from the looks of it. It wasn't much, but an encampment left behind was ripe pickings for the vagrants and the bandits. Manjin trotted his horse to the head of the forming column. Don't let them out of your sight, Altrina heard him say to those near him as he pointed at her and Tal. With another slow sigh, Altrina walked Alba up the column to take a place at Manjin's right. If they were going to keep them in sight, there would be no running while they moved during the day. She might as well let them watch her horses rump for the entire trip. Tall put her head against Altrina's back. For a moment, Altrina thought the woman had gone to sleep, but then she heard her murmuring something, a prayer maybe. What are you saying? Altrina asked. I ask blessings and mercy on our trek. From who? It shouldn't matter to you. You don't believe as I believe. You're right, Altrina admitted, but I would still prefer to know. Merkel. Ah, Altrina said. The master of roadways and travels. Yes, Tal said. You know of him? I know of many gods. I pray to none of them. The soft sound of Alba and the other horses moving across the plains toward the far mountains brought Ultrina some species of ease, but she kept her hands loose on the reins. They were still in bandit country, and starving men might think even a caravan composed of the royal guard worth the risk. One might well say she was too paranoid for traveling. However, Altrina would contend her fears had so far kept her upright and taking in air, which was quite a feat considering some of the things she had come through. They rode until midday, the high sun beating down on the plains. Then they took a break to eat and allow their horses some rest. Altrina stayed near Alba and refused to eat anything from the rations the men ate from. Not that she didn't trust them, but she didn't trust their food. Better to stick to her own things, which she had acquired over time, than to end up being poisoned by one of those who were supposedly there to escort her. At the setting of the sun, Munjin called a halt and said they were to set up camp. Altrina whispered to Alba to kneel, and the horse allowed her and Tal off to the ground. Tal stared at the horse as though it had changed color, or grown another head at its behavior. How? He is my horse, Altrina said. He's well-trained, and will do as I ask. Alba nickered, and then rubbed his nose in Altrina's hair. Altrina smiled for a moment before it faded. Tal went over to where the guards were building a campfire, leaving the two alone. Alba, stand guard, Altrina murmured. Then she walked away, leaving the horse between her and the camp. When she was out of the immediate range of the camp, Altrina knelt down and put her hand to the earth. There were vestiges of death nearby. Something large. Not a horse, but something large just the same. She didn't want a human. A human would be too much trouble in the moment. However, something else. A plains wolf? Or even one of those great beasts would be perfect. Kneeling on the ground, she sought the residual force of creation with her hands, feeling it like a thick mist through her fingers. Something had died nearby. Not so recent as there were maggots, but recent enough she could still draw up the bones and make them dance if she so desired. From now, though, she simply wanted the energy, just in case. When she found the remains, 
softer, scraped away from the skull. She picked it up. It was indeed a plains wolf. A large one from the wear on the teeth, an old one as well. The pack had probably accompanied it on its final walk through their territory only three weeks before. That meant two things. There were plains wolves which claimed the area, and the rest of its life force was still in its bones. Altrina sniffed the air, and the ripe smell of decay and dirt met her nostrils. It was a welcome smell. Comforting. Tall came to sit near the fire and wrapped herself in the half-cloak hanging from her shoulder. Her, fur her brow furrowed as she stared into the growing flames. She did not blame Ultrina for her reaction to her. After all, there was nothing to connect them besides this forced march to the edge of the world. Renate stood far away and represented she didn't even know what to the other woman. Of course, if she was what they said, then she had much to fear from going there. Tall snuck a glance in the direction of Alba. The horse was alone. Tall's breath caught. Where was Altrina? Monjen was going to have her head. Tall jumped up from her place and furtively looked around, trying to hide the panic settling into her bones. She had allowed the puppeteer to disappear into the wildness. Tall walked back over to Alba, and the horse did not move. Instead, it seemed to studiously avoid looking at her. Strange. Tal knew better than to allow herself to worry over the horse. What she needed to know was where was Altrina and why she hadn't come to the fire with everyone else. When Tal went to walk away from the camp further, in the direction she hoped Altrina had gone, Alba stepped in the way. Though she barely knew the creature's name, the urge to reach out and correct it for its behavior crossed her mind. Perhaps fortunately, she remembered the horse in front of her was a warhorse, and physically correcting it would likely end up with her getting stomped by the animal. Tal thought better of her proposed course. Where has she gone? Tal asked, as though Alba could answer. Tal was too short to look over the horse's shoulder, so she ducked beneath its neck to look at the world beyond its body. A distance away, she saw a shape, and fear added sharpness to her eyes. Altrina knelt to the ground, digging for something. Monjen, she cried, her voice carrying across the distance back toward camp. The giant looked up from his care of his gear and cocked his head at Tal. Thunderclouds crossed his face as he considered where she was and how things appeared. Stop her, he said, his voice booming. Altrina looked up at the nearby commotion, her hands fixing the wolf's jaw in place where it had once been held by on by muscle and sinew. She sighed. They didn't understand what she was doing. But then again, few ever did. Altrina placed the skull and jawbone back in the depression of dirt she'd dug it from. Without finishing what she began, she got up and brushed the dirt from her breeches. Walking back to Tal, she did her best not to appear angry. However, the look in her eyes must have said as much. Tal shrank away from her, as if she had truly reached out to strike. "'You cannot do that here,' Tal said. "'I cannot do what I do anywhere,' Altrina said, without missing her stride past the other woman. Manjin stood up as Altrina approached, his eyes full of suspicion. Altrina considered whether or not to try and explain. She was doing nothing but creating a sentinel to guard the edges of the camp. Deciding against it, she sat down at the edge of the circle of light given off by the fire. Your magic is forbidden, 
said Monjin. It is. Altrina made no attempt to hide her distaste for the implication. Her entire existence had been a problem from the beginning. Now to have this happen, she knew better than to count it as a blessing. Do not use your foul arts around us, he continued. Altrina rolled her eyes behind closed lids and snaked her tongue between her teeth. Tal joined her by the fire, but stayed far enough away so as not to crowd. Altrina appreciated the seeming effort. With a sigh, she relaxed, feeling the life of those around her as their hearts beat and they breathed. In the close distance, she felt the waning life of the bones she had been forced to abandon. The wolf would have been an excellent sentry. Unfortunately, fear prevailed, as it often did, when one considered something they didn't know. Altrina had been dealing with that her entire life. Though she no longer read it every night, she had the remains of a tattered scroll burned into her memory. She had read it over and over again, from the time she could read. Funny how her keepers had never been able to read it. They had always tried, asking her to recite what it said. The words meant little to them. Finally, their apathy had won over their curiosity and she had been left alone to pour over the piece without their interference. Altrina kept the scroll hidden inside her axe handle. It was the only piece of an old life, a life she had left behind as much as she could, a life where she had thought she could be happy. Tal let out a deep sigh, and Altrina stole a glance at the woman. Tal had undoubtedly been told she had little choice in the matter of what went on. That would be a matter, of course. One of the sisters assigned to a contingent of royal guard, she would have little, if any, say in anything that happened to her. However, Altrina did think did not think that engendered sympathy. Tal did not have to be a sister. She could have run away, like many did when that fate was given to them. Few chose the profession. Those few had something to hide, or fear, in their past. What did Tal fear? Altrina wondered. What kept her chained to the life of a sister? Manjin put his gear away methodically as Altrina listened to the scrape of leather and steel. If he wore the tanned hides of his enemies, like some said the royal guard did, then he had to know he wore something she could use against him if she so desired. Of course, there were those who didn't believe in such things as puppeteers. They had supposedly been wiped out. Did Manjin believe? Was he considering his wardrobe in that very moment to account for what she might or might not do? Altrina wasn't worried about the giant. He wouldn't hurt her if the stories were true and his loyalty so absolute to the king on his throne in Renate. Getting up, Altrina considered the reality of those around her. They feared her, or at least Monjin and Tal did, which was something Altrina could use to her advantage if she so desired. Fortunate for them, she didn't desire to disrupt things. Renate had not been her final destination. However, Altrina had been traveling in that direction. This wouldn't pull her far off course. Heading into the mountains, when one wished to hide, was a good thing. Therefore, she would travel with them and enjoy the relative leisure of having companions, even if they were afraid of her. I will bed down with my horse. Munjin fixed her with a steady stare. You will stay near the fire with the rest of us, he said. You will not have the opportunity to run off in the night. If you attempt to, when we find you, then I will bind you. 
if I were to choose to run, finding me would be a problem, Altrina said before turning her back to the fire. Alba had come closer, as if in curiosity, so he wasn't as far away as he had been. Tal snatched a glance at Monjin before she got up as well. She moved over to Altrina and placed a hand on Altrina's back. I will stay near you. Altrina opened her mouth to speak her mind and then shut it. There was no reason to take her distaste for the whole situation out on Tal. The woman had, so far, done nothing worthy of being treated as though she were less than human, despite her affiliation. Altrina did not care for her. That much was true. But she did not have to be mean to her as well. After Altrina pulled out her things for the night, Alba knelt and then laid down, content with how things were for the moment. Altrina turned her attention to falling asleep. She did not intend to stay up near the campfire and jaw with those who were essentially her captors. Tal brought her bed roll over and laid close by, but not touching. Thus the pair drifted off to sleep. Monjin waited until he saw the steady rise and fall of Altrina's chest before he closed his own eyes. She was right. Finding her as she chose to run would be difficult. However, not impossible. She was a puppeteer. They practically couldn't help themselves. Therefore, she would be found eventually. There were few of her kind left, causing her to stand out all the more. He crossed his arms over his chest, leaned back, and let sleep take him. If she wasn't there in the morning, he would be upset. But he would make sure she paid for it when she was found. There was no hiding from the royal guard when it came to finding criminals. Well, that's our chapter for this week's Story Fiends. As usual, if you want to read ahead, make sure you're subscribed to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash hurt. As always, kiss the ones you love, rock the life you want, and have a good day.